guys, welcome back to episode number 157 of Take Flight Podcast and your favorite quartet are back for another jam-packed group episode. Now today we are discussing a very hot topic or hot topics. We're discussing Twitter, Elon Musk and the power of speed in business. Now in the news nowadays, it's hard to avoid those topics that we've just mentioned. But as always, we are here to unpack, discuss and see what we can learn from this corporate takeover saga. In this episode, we recap the timeline of the deal. We also discuss whether Twitter is a good business to buy. As well as this, we try and understand the business of Elon and would you partner with him? We also discuss a very important topic in terms of speed in business. Is it important? And then closing the episode with a bull or bear prediction on the most talked about social media platform today. Now, important information, this podcast is for information purposes only. Matters discussed are not intended to provide and should not be relied on as investment, accounting, legal or tax advice or recommendation. The views and opinions presented are those of the four podcasters and these may change. Now, we advise that you seek and or obtain independent professional advice in relation to your personal circumstances. Finally, before the music hits, if you have five seconds, please remember to subscribe on whichever platform you listen to us on. Leave a review on Spotify now. You can leave reviews, which takes about literally 10 seconds. And also, in case you want to see our faces or watch us on video, our amazing producer, Nandi, has uploaded all our content on YouTube. So please have a look there and subscribe. And let's start the music and get into this episode. Right, guys, it feels like it's been a, a short while since we all saw each other. How is everyone uh, doing? Pete, let's start with you because you're above me in the screen as of now. So how are you doing? There's a lot to celebrate in today's um, catch-up before we kick off. Um, myself and Olu are one year wiser, one year sharper, one year more mature, <laughs> one year wealthier, all of the above. So uh, my birthday was November 5th, Olu was, was November 7th yesterday. Um, but yeah, just a, just a great opportunity to reflect on the journey, be thankful for how far we've come. Um, so I really, really enjoyed the time with the family. We went to the mountains um, and it was the four of us. It was just a perfect weekend. Um, so yeah, no, that's, 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 um, it was, it was, a uh, it was a great day. It was a great day. Now love, uh, love hearing that. P. Maybe Oli, if you go next, then Daniel and I can jump in. So P, how was the journey to 5th of November? Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to... <laughs> So we're obviously going to get into what these guys, they can't wait to share this part. But um, for those who are not following me on, on Instagram, <laughs> um, I basically set myself a challenge, which was basically to stay, to to pick a date in the calendar. And I picked November 5th. And the whole, like, the whole point of the journey was to reach my peak physical and mental state. Um, but I, I set that goal knowing that I had so much in the process, in the journey, right? So another baby on the way, still working, property, all of the things that are happening. So it was, it was to not fight, it was to not make an excuse because in the past I've been very on and off and it was to um, challenge myself to stay in lock, to stay in long enough to achieve the goal. And, and um, yeah, we got there. Olu, Olu is, say, is very keen to see, the goal, to see before, so that means before you and after it. pictures. Did you achieve the so you're saying that right now you're in the optimum 100%. physical <laughs> specimen of your whole life. 
If I back off this top, I look like a bachelor. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Were there any curveballs along the way? You mentioned about being disciplined. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. I think I reflected on the your mental state. I think some of your closest enemies are your friends. You know, you have to be very careful the company you keep. So what Daniel what Daniel's alluding to what, for the listeners, yeah, is that he, you know, if you if you what episode was it we shared the surprise visit to Switzerland? Anyways, but you came over, great weekend, and on that weekend, um, safe to say we indulged ourselves um with with a fine food, didn't it? And who and who proposed that what that particular fine fine meal? Yeah, Lauren, innit? Lauren. But she's on the health grind now though, so she's on it now. <laughs> Now. So it was, oh, so uh, it was, was it like 100 who, grams of who, beef? Who, who, who picked the meal? Double patty. Who picked your who picked it? <laughs> Two potato fries oh, and pick. cheese, milkshake, all that. So that um, no, was good. Yeah, on my side, like um, he said, I celebrated my birthday on the 7th. Um, I'll say coming up to my birthday, it was mixed, right? I think some tough times just in regards to family, family members. Um, but I think as that's was sort of building up to sort of my birthday, it just reminds you the importance of family. Um, so like P said, he went to the mountains with his family, spent quality time with his family. Um, I did the same dinner with family, um, really small, um, quiet sort of celebration, but it just tells you how much you got to be grateful about. Um, I think you spend the day reflecting mm-hmm. on uh, where you are and the people in your life and thankfully um good health um and i wouldn't say like p i'm in my optimum physical <laughs> appearance but i had my yeah, little we know we know i had my little <laughs> 7th of seventh of november journey i can back this top off as well but you know <laughs> easy, i don't want any of you guys no, no, no. Insecure. You i don't want any of you guys Chill. You can definitely back off the top. The question is, what we going to see? This is a PG slash U podcast. I'm still working on the chest. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I still work the chest. Don't worry. Olu, this is a PG um, podcast. Yeah. This is not an 18 rated <laughs> podcast. Keep that top on, please. But Daniel, how are you? <laughs> so I, I've just been sidetracked because all I see all <laughs> is that, the, that plant behind you looks like my chest. <laughs> no, it's the plant behind you. Looks like it's looks like it's dying. That that is good. It's good. It's good. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's leading, my like the tower leading to the okay, side. Cool. Yeah, yeah, big time. But yeah, so no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, since the last episode, um, nothing much has changed. I, I can't recall. Um, just been working, spending time with family, doing things with the little one. Um, so yeah, BAU business as usual. I'm looking forward to some time away, uh, traveling in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, be nice. And maybe on that, then, Daniel, I can, yeah, I can build yeah. on that. I think also for me, it's been um, business as usual, usual as well. Um, a lot of travel, working, um, doing, trying to do everything as as always. And things are, are going well. It's definitely a transition season, I would say. And um, shaping up to uh, move into 2023 with exciting things in the pipeline and ahead. And I think actually with that, I mean, I've I've, I've shared a, a message to UP and I think I've also shared it to, to Olu, but Olu's clearly been busy with the CFO lifestyle. I don't know if he has seen the, the message or not, but I think, um, I mean, on behalf of Daniel and I, just a big happy birthday to you both. Um, I think I can definitely say that we are extremely proud of the people that you've become, the impact that you're driving, not just for yourself, but for your family. Um, for the listeners of this podcast, for both Daniel 
and I. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. Whenever it's one of, whenever it's anyone's birthday on this podcast, it's one of those moments where I reflect about your journey and mm. how much it's helped me on my my journey. So thank you for being a, a solid aspiring partner to the both of you. And yeah, I look forward to celebrating more birthdays and uh, moving ahead. So yeah, exciting times. The future's only getting better. Um, it, and now with that, okay, so we're talking about a. Uh, hostile a, a hostile hostile takeover <laughs> so i think what i will do is i'll just spend the next couple of minutes just to get everyone up to speed because you may be following it you may not but just to get everyone up to speed on the timelines of what's been going on the next couple of uh, the last couple of months and then we'll deep dive into a discussion together as a group so just a timeline now i don't think there's ever been a corporate takeover saga quite like this one where the acquisition target is also the battleground on where the deal's being done now, this is, of course, talking about the world's richest person, Elon Musk. And he took a minority stake in Twitter back in March of this year. Already feels like a lifetime ago. I don't think even he could have imagined how quickly this situation would escalate. Now, most deals typically are done behind closed doors. But Elon Musk's $44 billion bid for Twitter could not have been more public. So first, the billionaire taunted the company with his 100 plus million followers on Twitter. Then they had a legal scrap over the attempted uh, backing out of the deal, which led to lots of private messages from Elon Musk being shared, to then finally, uh, after lots of back and forth, a deal being done. Um, now, back in March of this year, Elon Musk quietly acquired 9% of Twitter. In April, in filings by the US SEC, it was revealed that Musk became Twitter's largest shareholder. Now, within a day of that being disclosed, Musk was offered and he accepted a seat on Twitter's board with the chief executive at the time, Parag Agrawal, saying he was excited about the appointment. Then within a week of that in April still, Musk decided against joining the board, which fueled the speculation that he was going to make a hostile takeover. And by April 14th, Musk launched a hostile takeover for Twitter at 44 billion dollars but even he at that point was not sure whether it would succeed now during that month of april twitter launched into an initial defense to then accepting the offer now in the end of april musk decided to get his cash position stronger and he sold 8.5 billion dollars in tesla stock he did his own raising finance process tapping his friends such as larry ellison Binance and Sequoia all chipping in to Musk's bid, with Binance's chief executive, CZ, telling the FT that his company support is essentially a blank check. Now, in May, Musk decides to put the deal on hold because of what he said, a lot of spam bots and a lot of inaccuracies regarding the bot accounts with Twitter. In July, Musk decides to formally announce his intention to back out of the deal, which the Twitter board said that they were still committed to the agreement and they want to get the sale done. Now, during the month of July, there was a lot of back and forth from a legal perspective. In August, Musk sells another $7.5 billion worth of Tesla stock, taking advantage of the recent rebound in its mm -hmm. share price. Now, the trial continues. And then finally, in October, in a stunning turnaround, Musk sends a letter to Twitter saying the original $44 billion deal is still on, provided he can still drum up the financing. And on the condition that all legal litigation is halted. Now, since then, Elon Musk has walked through the Twitter headquarters with a sync, and he's changed his Twitter profile to Chief Twit, as long as many, uh, as well as many other titles. And now as of October the 28th, Musk 
has completed the deal to buy Twitter. Now, that's the context and the timelines. We wanted to make sure everyone is up to speed on that. First question for this group to discuss. Twitter as a business, would you buy it or not buy it? P and Olu, why don't you guys face this one off? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know, Olu, you want to kick off? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if we have opposing views. I think it'll be good if we do try to take it from opposing sides. Um, I'll try to look at it from both sides as well. But um, personally, I would not buy Twitter. Um, and my rationale for not buying it is really twofold, right? So I think if I was looking to buy the company or even looking at Elon Musk looking to buy the company, there's two factors that I would really take into consideration. Um, the first one is the, the vision. What is the vision? What is the relevance of this particular company? Is it going to advance humanity or is it around any aspect that I focus or have any interest in? So I think when you become a billionaire, your decisions needs to move society forward in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So, and if we look at it from uh, Elon Musk's standpoint, right, he's done it with Tesla, right? He joined the company, built the company up. And that was a game changer. It said, look, I want to work on electric cars, which are going to have a massive impact on the environment. SpaceX, right? Another company where it's like, okay, this is a game changer, it's visionary, it's innovative social media company now as like i think he's argued a case around freedom of speech etc but there's so many problems out there where i don't believe social media company freedom of speech company is really going to move us forward or is worth his time and resources where there's bigger problems in which you can address so that's the first one second one is are you going to make money from it, right? So, okay, it might not tie to your vision, moving, but are you going to make money from this? And I think it's shown from the perfect timeline, I think, um, Shawa, that you gave to us, right? That he, And he's even said he overpaid for that company, the $44 mm -hmm. billion, right? He tried to mm -hmm. pull out because he was like, yo, I need to get a discount on this. It's like, yo, <laughs> I want to put a value in for something. I realized because everything that's happened in the market in 2022, if you look at what's happened to other social media companies such as Facebook, Snapchat, um, the valuation has dropped significantly, Twitter as well. He said, wait, maybe that 44 billion, I jumped the gun and it was too much. Let's yep. try and renegotiate. So he's, and he's clearly said, I've overpaid for it. So now the question is, is he going to be able to multiply his money? I'm not sure he's going to or I'm not sure he's going to multiply it significantly. So I'll stop there, let um, P add some points, and then I'll yeah. give my other views on the other side. I think we might actually have opposing views on this one, naturally, without without which could be interesting. So when I was thinking of the question, um, I actually said to myself, I wouldn't buy the business to actually then be heading the change and, and turn it around to actually meet Elon's aspirations, but I would definitely invest in the business. So... It's just another way of looking at it. And, and so a couple of things I was thinking about. One, if we look at what are some of the key metrics that we want to focus on when investing in a company? Revenues have been climbing quite nicely um, over the last couple of years. So they're currently at 5 billion, up 35% um, from previous years. And that is also in line with the number of users that are growing. 
Um, so those are the two major sort of key points, and which is what you want to see when you're looking to invest in the business. But the parts that are sort of, this is why I potentially move away from actually buying it myself and being in that seat with Elon. And I'll consider more to be investing and taking a risk from that standpoint, because whilst they are growing their revenues, they've only, they, they're, they're, they're a loss-making company, right? So they're reporting a loss right now of around 200 million. And the last 10 years, they've only actually reported a profit twice in, in 10 years. So the cost base is a real issue. And that's something that Elon has actually mentioned. Um, because they're making a loss, they can't actually offer any dividends to shareholders. So that's not an attractive um, um, point for other, you know, other investors that are looking into the business. So I think another thing also I got here is that 90% of their revenues are only coming from advertising, right? So it's really one stream, which can actually be a bit of a risk when you look to the future and sort of how that can play. So there's, there's, there's some strong points as to why you would invest and probably some downsides as to why potentially I wouldn't want to be in that seat with Elon actually buying a business and turn it around. Um, the one point I'll mention, and I'll give it back to you, Olu, is around, you know, speaking to his plans. Um, um, I guess one other point also I can mention is that when you look at where Twitter ranks in terms of social media companies, it's not even in the top 10, right? It's at like number 17, right? So that's something which the question is, is what's then the aspirations to climb up that ladder and, and actually how are you going to do it? Um, and then I think the other thing I wanted to mention, um, yeah, the other point actually, Olu, which is what we can dive into a little bit in terms of, you spoke about how it's looking to make money. I think one of the things that Elon has mentioned is introducing a sort of premium subscription model, right? So where he's looking to apply different uh, packages for people, you know, you can, if you, if you pay the sort of top rate of, of sort of eight to $10, you might get less advertisement your boost can get, you know, boosted even, your post can get boosted even more. Um, so things of that nature. So I think if that is to come into play, right, um, if he's able to bring in that, which I think he needs to, that can make a significant change to the business model and also to the trajectories moving forward. Um, so definitely something, I think that's something that we can sort of touch upon a bit more in terms of what are the ways to actually drive further revenue. Yeah, I hear you. I think it's, it's just difficult where even if looking at it from a point of view point of view of an investor, um, I would say there's multiple ways to make money, right? And if someone wants me to invest with him, take yourself, right? You say, hey, Olu, I've got this great deal that um, business that I want you to purchase. I know I'm over, <laughs> it's overpriced. I would turn around and say, why won't I put that money in? Amazon, other companies where I know opportunity that cost. other okay. opportunities, yeah, opportunity costs, right? So I would rather use other opportunities. And that's my only problem with this is if it's, there's, there's never a bad deal is a bad price. So it's a conversation of if this was undervalued, then yes, I would love to go in there as an investor. It's just, I don't see, and I think, and we'll talk about it deeper into this episode mm -hmm. and I'll pass it on back to you, Shuel, right? Is I think there's going to be certain things he's going to do in this business that's going to transform the whole tech business in terms mm -hmm. of how they manage their costs, subscription mm -hmm. basis, some of these other things that you've discussed. But I think other companies are going to benefit more than Twitter. Mm, but yeah. Interesting point. Last couple of things I'll say. Um, um, yeah, he's overpaid slightly. I think when I looked at some of the capitalization numbers, there was sort of reporting Twitter to be around worth 38 billion. He's paid 44 billion, five, six billion more, right? So I guess in the grand, when you look at those numbers that they're playing is how much more above 
what it's really worth. Um, and was it realistic that you'll get a discount if you're buying Twitter? Uh, so that, that's one thing. The second thing is, I think we need to talk about is, would you bet against Elon? You know, if you look at examples like Tesla, you look at examples like SpaceX, that's another part of why you have to consider. A lot of this, I think, is actually to do with, would you, Twitter's one thing, but would you bet against Elon, right? And so he's shown, he's, he's got a decorated CV where he's actually shown he's taken nothing into something. Um, so that I think is it play, plays a big role. The last thing I'll say, and I'll just quickly come back to this point because it, it speaks to how quickly things can transform. Um, he's spoken about, you know, shaking up the organization, which we can talk a little bit about in terms of how quickly he's doing that. But if I come back to this um, introduction of a premium subscription, if he's able to roll this out, um, right now they've got between, depending on what you look at, 200 to 200 million users. And if he's able to penetrate 20% of those users at a price of around $8 to $10, you can easily be adding around 400 million, 500 million of sales. And depends on how much it costs to actually grow that, that could actually be going straight to the bottom line. So I see an opportunity where very quickly, from a, two, from a negative 200 million uh, loss, you can start to turn that around because you've got someone like Elon, Elon who's bullish to bring in certain plans. So it's, it's um, would you bet against Elon? I think is a big question for this conversation. But yeah, Shua and Daniel. Now, perfect. And I think, um, P, you raised the, the perfect question. I think that's a good segue for us to discuss actually the world and the business of Elon himself as an, as an individual. So yes, there are probably question marks still around the Twitter business model, but I think yeah, you and Olu covered some of the key points or the question marks for levers to pull. But yeah, that business of Elon uh, let's let's maybe deep deep dive into that together. So I think personally, my my view, and this is just looking at his business acumen. This is a guy whose pedigree speaks for itself. He's founded companies from his very very um, early days, continue to add value and sell them. Um, PayPal add value sell, and then to go all in on his own talents and his determination to drive businesses in very, very important segments, for example, with Tesla and the electric vehicle, with the boring company and trying to solve some traffic issues, to Neuralink, to all these businesses that are trying to solve real world problems. And I think through that pedigree and that proven track record, it's amazing how during this Twitter situation, when he was trying to raise the equity for his portion of the deal, now we've all been in some shape or form trying to raise equity for a house purchase or an acquisition. Now, if <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. send, a, if you could send a text to a few people that you know, and instead and of like a few hundred k, etc., he's getting billions of financing through relationships that he's been able to build through his proven track record and building mm. everything in public. So I think there's a lot of lessons there, no matter what level you are in terms of your business entrepreneurial journey of building something in public, showing that you can demonstrate that, and then making sure that you cultivate these relationships with people who, when it gets to a point where, yes, you may be overpaying, yes, the deal might be a stretch, but these people are still willing to back you. And the founder of Binance to say that he's essentially a blank check for Elon Musk, I think speaks a lot to, to that. And I think also for the banks, for the banks that are also providing lending, these are guys who are typically you would assume have got good risk controls. These are guys that probably have got good credit controls. They're, they're, they're balancing their own <laughs> balance sheet. Olu, you can come back to me on this. But, the but lab, I would yeah. say for them, yeah. for them yeah. to go into business with Elon, this particular deal may be a loss, but for them to be the book runners to float the IPO of SpaceX, for them to be the partners, yeah. to then be the IPO of Neuralink, that is something that is worth 
um, that that's a relationship that's worth cultivating as of today. So I can see even from their perspective, with rates now increasing, the cost of capital to deploy even more going up, and this business having questionable financials. Again, thinking long run, thinking long, thinking relationships, thinking about what next. Even if this particular business ends up being break even for them to show Elon that they commit to him. Um, could be worth something down the line with these other businesses that we know are continuing to change the uh, the area that they are in. So that's from my side. I think personally, from a business perspective, he's someone that if you get the opportunity to partner with, it's it's almost a no-brainer based on his business experience. And I think maybe, Daniel, if you want to add on second, to that, before, and then we'll... Before, uh, before it goes to Daniel, sure. I think I agree with you in terms of the, the importance of networking. I agree with you, the fact that it opens up doors to other elements but i also think the text message element of it shows that is less due diligence and it's more the person right because when he was trying to pull out from it it wasn't a situation oh elon has sent us the data we've looked at it to evaluate it when you get to a certain level it's your name your reputation where you say you know what, i'm going to back this person versus the due diligence so that part, I'm not 100% sure about, but, but everything else you see, yeah. But just that due diligence piece, with friends, completely agree. Yeah. But I'm saying with banks, if you're thinking about the future business opportunity mm -hmm. that you can get with this particular client, I can imagine that even banks, when they're dealing with wealthy individuals, they're happy yeah. to take a loss on a particular business, knowing that they can the potentially offer lending to their overall business, whether it's a personal or, or business. So I say that's the due diligence of this particular deal. Yeah. It's a due diligence of the individual in terms of they've mm. got capital yeah. that even mm. if they default, he's got Tesla to back up everything that he owns. But exactly. I don't think they've gone in to say, okay, how many bots does, how many spam users, <laughs> what's the valuation? They haven't done all that homework. They just yeah. said, Elon Musk, he's worth this amount. If he defaults in this, we can go and get the money from Tesla. Mm. Daniel, sorry. No, I think with the Elon, I think, you know, sure I'll touch on, you know, a few well, good points that I was gonna I was gonna bring as well, and the fact that he's got a very decorated career, he's very astute in business. His results have spoken for themselves. You know, PayPal has somewhat funded his his you know net wealth um his wealth at the moment. I think as of today, as of recording, it's just it's just dropped below two hundred billion, um, due to Tesla being at a fifty two week all time low. But that said, for two hundred billion is still a lot of money. And when you zoom out slightly, look at the deals as Olu and um, Babila were mentioning, is he's come in and immediately he's shaken things up. Of course, he's now the single sole owner. Um, he's brought five men who are part of his core team to Twitter, and they've got very, very um, high experience, deep experience. They've known him for a long time. Some have been part of him since his PayPal days, some from Silicon Valley, venture capital like Jared Birchall, um, Jason Calacanis, and others as well. So he's brought in some very, very good people to be his confidants, his aides, whilst he oversees um, the day-to-day -day running of Twitter. How he's going to do it in conjunction with SpaceX, Tesla, and the Boring Company, it's going to be very interesting. But Elon's a man of many talents, as we've seen. And for him to come in um, being bold in his moves. So immediately when he came and named himself Chief Twit, he sacked CEO Peragor Agrol, who um, took over from Jack Dorsey last year. He, along with that, he uh, fired Ned Siegel, um, the CFO. 
as well as close to half of the the staff being, you know, their contracts being terminated, about 3,700 employees um, left and others left at their positions because of what was being brought into by Elon. Um, but conversely, about three days after an email was sent to all the staff, about a dozen employees were contacted to be rehired because they found that they were very critical to the function and to the business. Of course, <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's and many of them, many, of, I, I think, you know, no one, I don't know the exact reports, but a lot of them have declined to come back. Um, but of course they've, they've offered very generous severance, you know, up until I think next three months or up until end of February yet. And, you know, especially with the RSUs and other bonus that were bonuses that were in place. But what, what that told me is, sorry, just before I move forward, he was also somewhat testing the waters by saying that employees would have to work day and night and weekends because mm-hmm. as he mm-hmm. wanted to roll mm-hmm. out this, um, what was, I think, termed the blue tick verification where the premium mm-hmm. subscription, he wanted to roll that out quickly. Some hiccups came along and then he, they decided to pause and re-roll it out after the elections um, happening in the US this week. But, I don't think, you know, I think the headlines and the news were very painted as a very negative picture that he's just getting rid of the workforce. But he did, he didn't indiscriminate uh, in the firing. You know, he wanted those staff to find, he wanted to find out from, you know, the managers, etc., who who are critical staff and essentially let them go because they're running out of $4 million a day loss, $4 million loss a day. So, of course, he announced that they need to cut operating costs and you need to start generating revenue. With 90% of the revenue coming from advertisers and a lot of them suspended because Elon became or Elon was at the helm. So a mm. lot of automakers, GM, Volkswagen Group, and also snack makers, those who make Oreos, bought at advertising. And as P mentioned, 89% of their 89% of the five billion generator last year came from advertising. But what this has shown me is that Elon is very he's not stupid. He's identified an opportunity. He's changing it into the way that he can make it thrive and be profitable. We all know that subscription-based, um, a subscription-based model is going to yield fruit in the long term. Many companies have done it before, and for you to retain customers, subscription-based is going to be good, and you're going to grow that exponentially over the years. So, from what I've said, I think Elon is a man who I think you can back. What what you believe in, he's sort of personal views and etc yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's aside you know we, we, we're judging the man on his business acumen and his business abilities not the person he is but of course there are you know there there can be there can be conflicting or there can be a crossover of where those two are non-negotiable from beliefs to what they implement day to day but i think we need to think of it from a view of what is twitter twitter is a platform it's a form of social media so when we look at censorship these days, it's very, very, you know, we, we very much like when people, not removed, but to allow there to be um, a degree of what can and can't be said publicly and in an, an open arena. But when you look at the power that these social media platforms have, it's incredible. We all know that Donald Trump was removed from Twitter uh, last world. The time seems to be flying so fast. It could be two years, it could be last year, I don't know. But we all know that Donald Trump was removed from Twitter. We know that even in recent weeks, because of Kanye West and outbursts that he's made, many of his sponsorship deals have ceased. 
Um, he's been removed from certain social media platforms, etc. We all know of Andrew Tate, who has said even banks were had cut his, his his account, and he was banned from all social media platforms. And when you think about it, it's like it seems normal, but to some degree, it's actually quite frightening. The fact that yeah. we can remove someone because of what they say. I'm not saying what they say is right or wrong, but just because some people or a group don't like what has been said, they can easily cancel you from that platform as if you don't exist. And that's actually frightening. And I know Elon wants to kind of remove that and wants there to be freedom of speech. Of course, there needs to be boundaries. But when you think about it from an angle of that's better, or it could be perceived as better, construed better for the long term to allow people to speak freely. Well, how free, we don't know. But that makes a better form of allow diverse thinking and opinion on a platform as opposed to everyone thinking the same. So from that point of view, I think it's better to some degree. Of course, there's a cap of what, as what should be allowed. But then when you think about the future and what Web 2, Web 3 is, so for those, you know, of course, we, we, we're hearing the, toy, the term coined Web 3 a lot. And essentially, Web 3 is the latest iteration of the World Wide Web, which incorporates concepts such as decentralization and blockchain technologies, whereas Web 2 is what we're currently in or what we've been in since um, the 2000s. It's, a, it's, a, it's based around the idea of the web as a platform and centered around user-created content, social media, and blogs. And that's kind of what Twitter is, what Facebook's been, what Instagram's been. And then we're moving to the next iteration of the World Wide Web, which is coined Web3. But yeah, I've, I've, I've gone left, right, all over the place there. Uh, but it's just some thoughts I wanted to get out. But would I back him from a business perspective? Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, yeah, Dan, I think I echo, um, I agree with what you say. I think, and this is why I position myself as an investor as opposed to working alongside him because when he sent out the notification to say look i expect people to work 24 7 you know you you have to understand what price you're paying but i think i think the lesson is that because that, he would fire you if, if you're working are you committed to working 24 7 for something that you're not extremely passionate about so this is where it comes back to your point all around what is the the um the cause i think i think that's where you say am i going to buy the business but investor for sure because i think one of the things he said in terms of aspirations he spoke a little bit about tactics on how to grow revenue but he's he's mentioned um he's mentioned about wechat so the chinese um kind of whatsapp messaging platform they have about 2.2 2 billion users and he's and he's in a way i kind of when i'm reading the reports he's almost suggesting that we're going we want to push to that level right so by 2020, by 2028, he wants to get uh, revenues to 24 billion. So when I'm listening to these aspirations and plans, this comes back to the point around I wouldn't back, I wouldn't bet against him, and I actually see him being able to achieve right, um, growing it to to more than a billion of users, um, and climbing up the ranks from its position now at 17. The other thing I'm going to say also, just lastly, um, I think one of the things you're noticing is that every maybe outside of Warren Buffett, every powerful, wealthy individual um, wants to control, you know, one of these social media platforms or the narrative, or you look at Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post, um, and maybe Elon said, I need to own a platform. And Twitter was actually probably the best opportunity for me to acquire. So there's certainly, there's certainly agenda of him using it for a strong personal use in these other areas. And that's the part that is obviously remains to be seen. Um, but I think he will. I think he will reach those those targets that he's mentioned. But it will come at a cost, and that's going to be the associates. 
<laughs> it's, it's funny because I think even during this saga, Elon is ref- is is redefining what it's like to be an owner in a public in a public mm, image or in 100%. a public space. Because yeah. when do you see an owner going back and forth in Twitter tweeting tweets talking about eight nine seven ninety nine being too much? Like he's an owner of Twitter, but he's having a thread from some of these celebrities who said, "Oh, they're going to remove themselves," and he's like saying, "Well, we need to make money. What price would you propose?" He's having like a conversation. When would you yeah, ever yeah. see that in any other kind of company where the owner is having direct back and forth with you having a dialogue as to you know asking your views whether he takes them on board or not it's another story but Elon seems to be very much in the not I would say in the trenches but he's very much on the ground ears to the ground listening to see what's going on and of course he's got people around him but ultimately we know he will make the decision that he wants to make so it's it's quite it's quite interesting to see how what I'd say what companies and what owners do whether they're public seat whether they're public CEOs in a public company or you know, privately held companies and CEOs, what the what it looks like in five years' time, in 10 years' time, as Elon continues to change the way we see businesses and interact with them from a consumer perspective. Just just quickly on that point, Daniel, I think he's learned over the years, I think obviously, that, you know, he's been obviously in the last couple of years tweeting a lot more. He's realised this all works, right? You know, going on interviews like Joe Rogan and speaking. Um, so coming, I guess, down from up there, to down here and engaging with the people in whether it's tweets or interviews or speaking freely about topics that you wouldn't expect them to speak on. I think it's worked in a way that it's, I think it's, 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 it's engaged more people in the background. It's, it's presented more opportunities. So um, I think we're going to see more of that. And I think he's going to continue to almost play it like we would. Right. But he's got way more money um, in a different position. (laughs) I think, I would mm. say, and I'm going to try, again, I'm going to try and take this from the other side so we have opposing views, right? Um, but I think there's a saying um, from someone that's been cancelled right now, but it's like, no one man should have all this power. And the problem with him talking, and he's faced it quite a few times, is the influence he has on the market, which mm. would then cause regulation. And that's why you see so many of these billionaires are very careful with constant communication. And you've seen this through when he released about Tesla, I'm going to make this company public and it impacted the share prices, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he has to be careful because I feel like there's going to be a period of time where we're going to see a downfall or a massive fine due to the fact that he doesn't know how to keep his mouth. Wouldn't you, Olu, wouldn't you say he's earned it? He's earned the right to be able to speak, you know, uh, freely as he, as he, as he, as he likes to call it. Not when you have so much influence. It's like a president has earned the right to do whatever they want, but they know that every word that they have has a reaction. has an impact. Yeah. So I think with that power, you need to be more careful. With what, like even with, like I watched a slight interview with Tate, right? And he was like how one of the biggest mistakes he made was that when he realized he had more influence, you now need to be more careful with what you say. Like, let's be honest, right? This podcast with the amount of listeners we have, we're going to say certain things, certain ways. If we're now having 1 billion people listening to it, hey, you've got to be a little bit more careful with what you say, how you say it, because of misinterpretation, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't feel like he has that filter, which sometimes I think he needs, but my opinion. I love that. I think, um, Olu, thank you for adding that, and Daniel and P for the uh, for the great insights. So I think you, hopefully the listeners can get multiple different angles of of Elon as a, as a business partner and the pros and cons that he he brings to it. And again, his 
his um his pedigree and i think the only thing that i would add is he has been going a lot more public but he's been going a lot more public on a product where he's engaging directly with his customers and i think that customer focus whether it's with the the tesla cars whether it's anything that he does having that focus on the customer and being very open with saying okay what price do you think works what features do you think are good does an edit button really add value i think he if he was randomly asking this about a product that wasn't Twitter, then you could probably ask the question. But the fact that he's making the platform more aware, probably more people are talking about Twitter than ever before. It's getting more eyeballs. Mm. I think this is almost like a, a, a fourth dimensional marketing tactic on, on his side. But actually, I think this brings us actually to the, the next piece of the discussion before we predict bull or bear on Twitter. And that is the question about speed in business now we did talk about some of the financials and i think some of the guys have mentioned some of the financials but maybe just to reiterate this and this may be one of the reasons why he's being quick in business and we can discuss how important speed is now with elon musk's acquisition um experts reckon that he's added 13 billion dollars of debt to twitter's balance sheet and as daniel mentioned earlier on at the moment the business is losing four million dollars a day. Now, a couple of other numbers to keep in mind. Pabilo did mention at the beginning of the episode the amount of annual revenue. So they're roughly at about $5 billion in revenue. And on top of that, they probably, um, based on last year's cost structure, they had $5.6 billion worth of cost. Now, the final number that I'll just mention, with that debt that has been added, um, there's been estimates that just the interest payment alone for this upcoming 12 months after the acquisition just the interest payments could be close to $1.2 billion. Now, yeah. if you put all of those numbers together, it probably indicates a very tight picture of what he needs to do and what he needs to do quick. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's going into the restructuring proposals. He's going into trying to add revenue with the Twitter blue marketing proposal. So there's all these different things, but ultimately it all comes down to speed and moving quickly. So this is a discussion for this group. Um, how important do you think speed is in business and what can we learn from how Elon's executing on changes on with, with Twitter? Just a question before we answer that. Is he planning to take the company private? Is I think yeah, with the acquisition, yeah, with the acquisition, it becomes private. It's, yes. It, it's, it's private now because I was, my shares were paid off. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're basically. You shouldn't be on this podcast. So, so for the so for the listen, so for the listeners, just to give some context with that, right? Is Twitter used to be a public traded um, company, so that means your your shares were worth a certain price. As soon as Elon decided to purchase it and it was completed, what happened is every shareholder received, I think it was fifty four dollars, um, is what you receive per share. And now it's privately owned, so it's off. You can't trade it. You can't purchase it on a stock market anymore. And it's now just a private company. That has an impact financially, though, on 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 day one for Elon Musk. I'm just thinking it through now. So you're the, you're the yeah. investor. You're feeling no, that no, debt. No, 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 no. Yeah, which is so. <laughs> so the debt piece, I know. I didn't bring that one up because I know that will fuel yeah. Olu. Like you bring up the debt, one billion a year. <laughs> It's also it's a twenty percent on the revenue. You and give that to Oli. Give that to Oli. Oli's running, and that's the thing as well. Cost of capital now. You know Oli's going with that one. So I'm gonna, I, I was going to use that on the bear. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't. I'm. I'm thinking now. What happens when you take a company public to private, and you're now you've now paid out um, the shareholders. So, anyways, but um, are we answering the question, uh, Bull or Bear? Yeah. Yes. No. So no, actually, no, 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 going no, no. down to the question. Um, yeah. Going back to the question. 
regarding speed. So speed. Elon's obviously moving quick because he has to. The financials are probably pushing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what, what's everyone's view of speed in business and how important is it? I think, so I think, I I think, think speed's... Um, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, go you go. Go Daniel. I think speed's, re- I think, I think speed's relative in business. I think speed's important, but it's also relative because it depends on what your long-term vision is, what you see for the future. I think Elon has thought about the future. He wants to make it incorporated into Web3, possibly decentralized to some degree, um, possibly taken into the metaverse. You know, there, there are a whole host of things that can be done in the future. Of course, there's a huge balance of debt on the balance sheet, huge amount. And with revenue being suspended, it's operating at 200 million um, annual loss. So that that's frightening. You want to turn that around quick. You're now, you know, 3,700 staff laid off with the reduction of force or otherwise known as a RIF. So you're trying to do things and correct things quite quickly. Also, when you're looking at the C-suite executives, their severance is going to be, you know, handsome. And he's also trying to get away <laughs> of, <laughs> of reducing or not giving out that golden ticket to the likes of um, Parag Agrawal and Ed Siegel and others. Um, of course, you know, there, there are lawsuits and, you know, potential suit, um, cases of, gonna get uh, of suing, suing, suing for them to be sued coming along. But when you take that out of the equation, of course, they need to operate and adapt quickly. And there's no doubt Elon has conjured up thoughts about how he will turn things around from not a, let alone from the, the I not let alone from when he said he was going to submit a bid for Twitter, but from even when he joked about he will buy Twitter. He's thought about mm-hmm. things. He's not a stupid man. He's got people close to him. He's friends with Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey may have even uncovered things that they may have spoken about they wanted to do while he was CEO. But of course, he wasn't a majority stakeholder, so he had very limited control what he could do, especially when you're a public company. When you're a public company, the chains, you're, you're somewhat in a prison cell. You're, you're caged to some degree. You can't go full reins as you want as a private company. Now that he's a private company, he can do what he wants. As long as yeah. it's above law and it's, re- and it's above the um, regulation, he can do what he wants. So I think speed's important, but when you're a man like Elon who's thinking long-term, I think it's very irrelevant right now. I think it's very relevant for him, what he wants to do, where he wants to take the business. Advertisers will come back on board. The subscription model will take off. $7.99 is very small when you think about it from the benefits Twitter brings. I've heard people say that they get the majority of their news from Twitter. So Twitter's gonna remain relevant it's going to take a while to become as big as WeChat because WeChat is very much embedded into the daily lives of people in China. It's one thing that's not censored and one thing that's not, you know, banned in the country. But I think the speed of which he needs to turn things around aren't aren't a a great, huge problem for him right now. Mm. That's interesting. Because I would say, Daniel, that the speed is quick right now due to the debt element of it and how bad the business financials are. So if, yeah, go on. But, but Olu, just, I'm with you. I'm literally thinking the same thing along as you. In 12 months time, you know, the loss is going to be 1.2 million, 1.2 billion or more because that debt, it has to be paid. Yeah. But I think maybe where Daniel was going was around the fact that, Daniel, are you also thinking about the fact that this guy can leverage other assets around him to, um, uh, um, insulate right the losses that Twitter yeah, taking yeah, to give him an opportunity up, yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. that's the piece. Oli, it's got, keep it's in got, mind. It's got a good runway. I, I, I hear you, but his actions tell me he doesn't, yeah. right? Because 
my argument is, or my point is that when I've done a few acquisitions and mergers of companies, it's one of the most difficult thing to do in regards to understanding the culture, understanding how the business is run, understanding the product, making sure you don't break anything, right? So that's why you have to, especially in the early days, take time to understand the business, understand who are the critical employees, all of these elements, which I don't think Elon is doing, personally. Of course not. Olu, you're forgetting, this was not a merger acquisition, this was a takeover. (laughs) Agreed, it was a takeover. But I'm saying, if... If he if he didn't mind carrying that one billion of loss every single year, mm. I think he'll be moving slower than what he's doing. Like Daniel mentioned initially, they fired a large amount of the employees. And again, I'm not sure how factual this is, right? But quotes are that they're not asking people to come back in. That doesn't sound like <laughs> someone that did a thorough organ. I've done an organization thing, and you say who's critical? Who can yeah, we usually- not let go? Usually that cycle in business is a little bit longer, right? So they go through a, a period and then they start slowly bringing people back to fill in the gaps. But you know he... what this means, Pete? <laughs> this means you paid me to, like, you gave me a severance to leave. Yeah. Now you're... I'm returning that severance. No, they will, back. though. They will, they will, they will. You don't get both. You don't get I'll both. I'll be in the contract. I'll be in the contract. I'll be in the contract. I'll be Yo, in the contract. Then, <laughs> whenever that timeline ends, I'll come back. If it's 30 days afterwards, whatever the timeline is, I ain't coming back. So that tells me, right, that he's rushing this process. So, but again, going back to the question, is speed important in organization? Yes, but not too quick. Because especially when you're going too fast, it's so easy to break stuff. And you don't want to get to a situation where, especially now that election is coming up, where foreign countries or whatever are able to create massive amount of bots influence the elections all these different security elements Mm. in a short period of time so i think speed and i think elon's going to make some great changes and i think i was mentioning before i think a lot of the stuff that he's going to do is going to change the tech space i think the tech space has lived in a place where capital is being free or pretty much cheap they've been able to be get very fat in terms of employing excessive amount of employees and I think his thought process of let's go back to what is the minimum viable product. So what is the minimum amount of people you need, minimum amount of resources you need to create this product, to create this feature, whatever, et cetera. It's going to change the mindset of our other companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook operate, but moving too quick, you're going to break stuff. And I don't think, and based on these actions, <laughs> it doesn't sound like he's got the luxury <laughs> of moving slowly because of the debt and the leverage that he's carrying. But yeah, no, great points. I, I think so. I, I, only... I, mm. I was just going to interject there. What I'm about to say might sound paradoxical, but I think sometimes the speed of doing nothing can be more expensive than the speed of moving quickly. So if you speed don't, if you don't, of ex- doing nothing can be more expensive than not moving quickly. Mm. He's laid off, you know, from the seven, 7,500 staff, just over, just under half. And also, I think in India, there were, you know, from the staff that were in India, he's left like 12, 12 there. So he's wow. you know, blitzing everything. He's blitzing everything. But then the cost of doing nothing could be more expensive to the business and the company. So I think, back over to yeah, you. I think I'm thinking of speed in the context of, of the industry that we're talking about. This is a tech industry. So I think unlike other industries where maybe you, you can't move as fast as, as maybe the associate would like, um, 
Whilst it is painful, I think it is. I think it is important to move with an element of speed, faster than slower. Um, and I think you can do it because it's tech. So the ideas he's come up with in terms of launching a, a, a premium subscription plan, you can do that straight away, right? You can roll out these ideas quickly. Um, so, so I would, and Elon gives me an impression that he likes to break things, you know. So I hear your point, Olu, um, but I think that's part of his personality and nature. I think, I think maybe that's part of what makes him who he is. So I think he takes calculated risks. I also don't. I also think he's not afraid to break something, even though it was a mistake. But it's it's just he he you know he goes with speed. So I think I think you can move with speed because it's tech. Sure. Yeah. So I think um I mean lots of great points, guys. I think the the things that I would add probably the the three things. One is in this case speed. I think it's important to think of the context of the wider sector. And if Elon was doing these reductions and changes and it was just Twitter, then it's one thing. But the fact that if you look at all other tech companies in that space and they're going all into double digit reductions, that probably shows that this is a sector wide trend. Now, of course, he's doing cuts that are even deeper and he's maybe moving faster than than others. But I think that leanness considering the numbers that we spoke about earlier something that he he just has to has to do it so i think on there's one element of just the fact that the sector is reducing so much he has to be quick as well i think also that speed because of the fact that it is technology now that they have essentially code that they can modify they can test they can try something in the uk they can try something in another country if it doesn't work they can switch back now i think he's trying to invigorate a culture of getting these things rolled out quickly giving it a go but i think he's also not afraid of failing in public with certain features and rolling back and trying again and i think this goes to the last point of trying his best to use speed to invigorate the culture because i think if you suddenly have a speed and a culture of let's try things let's change things that may naturally attract talent and people even within the company that are energized by that and during these cycles yes things may break um, yes, things may also go wrong. There could be some issues, as Oli mentioned, which is rightly so. But I think if you can get attract the right people to the company at this point, and the right people within Twitter can jump up to say, "Look, I'm up for, I'm up for this," you can really make some big changes very quickly. On so, I think overall exciting times. I've really loved this discussion. I think no matter what happens, this in a few years will definitely be one of those Harvard business cases that people will discuss and debate and see how things end up so i think to close it from from the episode standpoint the last one is just a quick round robin in terms of whether you are bull or bear on twitter i think for this one let's go to daniel first then olu then p and then i'll close he's gonna show uh, you simple from me that ball looks a bit that ball looks a bit tame that's not, that's not uh, <laughs> how, how bullish is yeah, that initially ball? initially daniel i actually <laughs> thought that was a mix of a bull and a bear i like yeah, yeah. head is down head is not up i don't know what it's going for <laughs> yeah because I mean? yeah it's, it's charging it's, it's a ball i'm, I'm bullish i'm yep. bullish and why don't look quick way i thought it was yeah, gonna why? be quick okay uh, Daniel, Olu asked a good question. Why? Yeah. For all the reasons I mentioned, you know, even just live, fresh off the press, Elon has, is asking Twitter employees to convince laid-off engineers to return, including those who can carry out his Twitter blue plans. So he's bullish. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think from his acumen, from his credentials, from his pedigree, I think he can turn things around. But... I, I'm, I don't want to sit on the fence, so that's why I'm going bullish. But what I'm intrigued to see and I worry is, we're forgetting he also is a CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. 
depending on the performance of those companies, you know, we all know you can't juggle three things at once. Not well. You can't do three. You can't execute and do three things whoa, 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 well whoa, whoa, all at the same whoa, time. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not Elon at full can. optimum. <laughs> Elon can not if he's been not not if he's doing November fifth for each one. If he's doing <laughs> road to November fifth for each one, he can't. Be okay, affected. remain. I hear you say. I hear your point. Remains to be seen. But yeah, no, no, remains, um, to, be seen. remains to be seen. If, so if I'm, Elon I'm, I'm heard that. Not, I, I'm, I'm, okay. Yeah, he'll he'll be wrong. Yeah, I'm bullish on the fact, but I'm just intrigued to know how things are going to play out, especially when. The tech industry is, you know, 70% on the decline this year. Things, you know, when you look at the global macroeconomic conditions, things are very, very um, precarious. So I just want to see how things play out because his attention may have to divert from Twitter, which seems to be kind of him owning as a hobby to diverting his attention more to Tesla or to SpaceX or maybe appointing a CEO to run those companies. We don't know. But yeah, that's why I'm intrigued to see how things run out. But um, overall, I'm bullish. Olu. Right, I love it. Cool. Okay, so Daniel is is one nil to the bullish camp. Um, Olu, what's your what's your take? I am bearish. Unfortunately, I don't have a, a beer <laughs> here to for the listeners. Olu, Olu is definitely he's definitely bearish because Twitter does not offer any products in the oil space. Very... <laughs> yeah, exactly, they, they don't offer dividends. <laughs> they don't offer any of that. So he's I give you doesn't the two, any money. The, the reason why I'm bearish is um, simple. One. The amount of leverage, so the amount of debt that they have on the business means that they have to create a large amount of different revenue streams to be able to offset and make the, the company even viable in terms of break even. Um, and the amount of mental focus you need to have on that, I don't think other priorities would get in the way, like Daniel said, Tesla, SpaceX, which are in my mind bigger visions and bigger ideas, innovative ideas for Elon. That's the first reason. Second reason is the only out for this business, and I think the big plan for this business is we made it private, going to change it up, do all these different things, and then in five years, whatever period of time, they're going to make it public again, right? Now, if they're going to make it public again to get funding from shareholders, I don't think people are going to rate it in such a high value, they're going to rate it in the same place that they're rating Snapchat, other social media companies. And based on that, I don't see it being a three, four times valuation of what they purchased it at. So based on that, where it's, yeah. If you can get the revenues careful. to where they need to be, but go on. Go careful, careful, Olu. <laughs> <laughs> this this might be this might be an episode we dig up from the archives because you're I'm not as good though. No no no, that's no, important no, 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 but you're comparing it to come. No, 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 it's good. No, it's good. But you're comparing. Yeah, you to compare, don't compare to Snapchat. Hey. Mm. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't compare it to companies that exist today. Think about I'm the country the same way when the iPod came out. You had you had CD mini displayer. They were they were competing against each other. Steve Jobs working on, and that's the piece. Whereas, like, for him to create all these increase the revenue 20 but like compete with a google um 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 what's the chinese um wechat 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 etc you need focus bro like it's not a situation <laughs> like it's been yeah, like but, you guys yeah, are acting as tesla's on autopilot this company's existed for multiple years almost 20 years right has existed this, right well, you're trying to tell me that these 20 years of people 20 years of people being there, they haven't been trying to find different ways to 
make revenue. You think they're just being just oh, playing gadgets? Oh, oh, oh no, let's not talk about management teams. Oh, oh, anyway, I've answered. This is this is this is this is one for the archive. Just to recap, just to recap for the listeners, bullish team one. Bearish team one. P, you go next. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullish. Um, two yeah. simple reasons. One, um, I don't think you should. I don't think it's smart to bet against um, Elon. I think his vision of growing a number of users to a billion plus, uh, growing the revenue to 24 billion plus, um, will you know? And and rivaling WeChat, I can, I can, I believe that he believes he can do it. Right. So it's 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 sort of believing into the fact that Elon can actually do it. And I also believe that. He's looking for a challenge. He's looking for a challenge and he's looking for an opportunity to say, look, I can take this from where it is to, to another position. When it comes to the financials, I don't think for Elon it's that big of a issue. I think he's got, I think, no, no. My point is, no, my point is it's there. It's, it's, it's. The so one what does success big... look like for you bullish people? The question was bullish or bearish and why? Otherwise this episode is going to. Yeah, but I mean, like, what does it mean? Is it like he's. It's worth more. There's a valuation increase. What is bullish? Is just no, a nice hobby. No, I'm no. I think to... <laughs> okay. No, when I, when I think bullish, I think I think I'm looking at growth. I think he will. I think he will grow the number of users, and I think he will bring in those revenue uh, growth plans to then drive it from five billion to ten to fifteen to twenty four. So that's when I when I think of bullish valuation. And you believe it's comes... going to be worth more than what he paid for it? Forty four billion. One hundred percent. I think so. Yes. With inflation. With inflation. Yeah. Why not? Definitely. Um, and I think, and I think the last piece on the, on the numbers, yes, the debt um, is a, a thing, but I I think he's got a lot of leverage, a lot of connections. Um, he's pulled off the deal in the first place. He knows what he's getting himself into. He was able to pull seven point five billion from Tesla just by by um, taking advantage of the change in price. I think there's enough financials and backing around him to manage that storm to then take him to where he needs to go. Cool. Financials is an issue for us. Not for Elon. <laughs> Money's got to be paid somehow. You guys are like, like interest rates. Interest doesn't get paid. You can leverage. I'm like, someone needs to pay. <laughs> When Olu was um, saying that about leverage and stuff, I mean, the listeners may not know this, but Grant Cardone gave this podcast a shout out. And I was just thinking Grant Cardone needs to speak with Olu and I'd discuss this, uh, <laughs> this leverage, um, leverage topic. Now, I think from, from my end, I'm in the bullish camp and the reasons why I think uh, there's no point repeating them. I think overall, Elon has proven every time that he's able to take control of something add value in some shape or form and be able to generate a value for his investors and shareholders. Again, I said already just a, a short while ago, I do think this will be an amazing business case that will be discussed in the future. And I think for us, as we as we grow individually, as we grow as a podcast, as we grow as a, as a group, it will be good for us to just monitor and also deep dive and, and learn from it however best we can. Five years, we're going back to this episode and we're yeah. going to see if it's worth more than $44 billion right, no or problem. if the investors have been paid. No problem. No problem. Maybe five, of... maybe five years from now, we can even invite him into the conversation. You know, God, Wait, God willing, it, let's see. Once it touches forty-five billion, we've won the conversation, bro. So, <laughs> I mean, so it's not, we're gonna, it will... you know, we're gonna adjust that forty-five. Um, 44 billion based on inflation it's not just no 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 this you have to you can't say <laughs> one million on that note let's not inflate this episode for much longer so i cool. think i'll pass it over to daniel to to close but thank you for the healthy debate guys listeners whether you're new or returning 
Thank you for joining us on episode 157 of Take Flight Podcast. We hope we've, we've brought you some entertainment, but more importantly, some knowledge, some education to your daily commute, your day, your workout, or whatever it may be whilst you listen to this episode. If you have any feedback for us, you can find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. But we're sure that the Twitter saga will continue. But until next time, stay safe and God bless. Take off, take-